0: Never underestimate the power of dreams and the influence of the human spirit. The potential for greatness lives within each of us. That's a quote by Wilma Rudolph, and I thought it was completely appropriate for this episode of the Untapped podcast, where we're all about living up to your potential. In this episode, I want to talk to you about one of the world's fastest growing phenomenons and why I'm currently involved in it myself. So in my last episode, I talked about why consistency is your secret weapon. If you want to check that out, please go to nataliesisson.com forward slash 006. And in it, I mentioned a little bit about how I have been training for a sprint triathlon for the last three months. Well, good news. Yesterday, at the time of this recording, it was yesterday, I competed in and completed my sprint triathlon at Kinloch in Taupo, New Zealand. Now this just wasn't any triathlon, this was the national sprint triathlon championships. On reflection, even though I knew that, I probably should have realized that the fastest and best athletes in New Zealand would be competing at this event. So it was based at Kinloch, which is a beautiful suburb, I would say, or area around Lake Taupo, and It was just a gorgeous, serene setting. Got there on the Saturday and scoped out the entire course. And I have to say, this was one of the most well-run, beautifully volunteered events that I've ever been to. There were flags everywhere for the running. There were big silver scaffolding fences, I guess, for the transition area. And everything was incredibly well mapped out with people telling you where to go next and directing you around roundabouts. And I got pretty excited. And on the Saturday, we arrived just a little bit late because it was a fair drive from our house over five hours to get there. We arrived just in time to see some of the elite doing a time trial. And these kids, and they were kids, were fast. And then we went and actually drove the race course with our friends, Anna and James, who were both competing as well. Josh was just there as my awesome support crew. And as we were driving the race course, we realized there were a lot more hills than we were thinking. And the ride course was extremely hilly, like serious uphills and downhills. So that was quite a lot to take in and then just kind of visualize in my head for the rest of the evening how I was going to tackle that. But what I wanted to talk about briefly is why on earth are triathlons becoming so popular and not just for the elite athletes, but for seniors and mums, and just the everyday human being who wants to push and extend themselves. And I've been reading a few books on this lately, and also just talking to other triathletes who have been doing this for years. And for them, it always is just about this amazing challenge, this personal challenge that no matter how good you get, you can continue to get better. So, my coach right now, Nathan, who runs Change Fitness, has an amazing, miraculous story himself, and I hope to get him on the podcast. So I won't share too much of it here, but basically so many of the people who he trains and are in his group of athletes that are working towards doing a half Ironman or even a crazy Ironman have been previous couch potatoes or just people who have never really even gotten into sport. And the next minute you realize that over the space of a year or more, they're now training to swim. For almost three kilometers to bike for up to a hundred and eighty kilometers, and then to run a full marathon. So that's what a full Ironman is. It's nuts. I mean, it will take some athletes twelve to thirteen hours to finish. Some of them will be even coming in when it's dark. So what propels us as human beings to take up this insane sport? I know when I've watched Kona Ironman, which takes place in Hawaii, and has kind of become this religion. It's this epic race in some of the most tough, enduring conditions because obviously this particular part of Hawaii is where it's all volcanic rock and so it gets extremely hot and there's a heat wave and it's just, it's punishing and it's gruelling and people are out there for, as I said, half a day or more. And you also have to become very, very good to even get to compete at Kona. It's like the best of the best. But what compels people is this just incredible, rewarding feeling that you get when you even just finish a race like this, let alone train for it and are able to compete in it. So strike forward to the Sunday just gone, and here I am competing in a sprint triathlon. To put that in perspective, it is a mere, and I do say mere because it is still a decent distance, but when compared to an Ironman, it looks relatively puny. 750 meter swim, a 20k very hilly bike and then a 5k run. Now, I know of people who run 5k very easily, they go out and do it almost every day. But there's something about when you combine this three part multi discipline sport that makes it more epic. You know, you're swimming out there and then you have to drag yourself out of the water and sort of semi dry off as you're running to get on your bike, and then you have to blasted on the bike and then as you're coming back in from the bike you get into a run and your legs are all like wobbly and jelly because it's a completely different set of muscles and you're doing all that within the same race there's something really really rewarding about the challenge of pushing yourself across not one but three disciplines. So I just want to read you a little snippet from this book called Women Who Try, as in TRI, which Josh bought for me as a Christmas present because he knows I've been training. And I think it really kind of captures the spirit behind the triathlon that really, to me, sums up a lot of the reason why this podcast currently exists, because it's all about untapping your potential. So this is from Alicia De Fabio, and she writes a new breed of triathlete is taking the sport by storm Women between the ages of 35 and 55 are flocking to the sport by the thousands Most are not the sinewy chiseled competitive athletes featured on Nike commercials The large majority actually look a lot like the regular people you see in the mall or at a PTA meeting They're the young mothers changing diapers and chasing toddlers And the seasoned mothers chauffeuring their preteens to a million activities while juggling a career they're the women working 60 to 70 hours a week and the stay-at-home mums who put their career on pause. They are girls as young as 8 and women as old as 80. They have survived cancer, battled depression and anxiety and lost spouses, mothers, fathers and siblings. They found sobriety, lost weight, let themselves go and found themselves again. These women come to triathlons as new mothers, veteran mothers and grandmothers. They may be single, married widowed or divorced. They may be out of shape, unable to swim or recovering from major injury or illness. They may be competitive collegiate athletes or self-proclaimed couch potatoes. They come filled with both anxiety and determination. They come in every age, shape, size, athletic experience and fitness level, yet they all share some common bonds. The desire to do something slightly outrageous, to push themselves further, to face their fears, to dig deep and test their mettle. They are ordinary women who want nothing more and nothing less than to swim, bike, and run in between the heaps of laundry, the crying babies, the piles of dishes, and the long days at the office. They pledge their new fitness sorority insecure and daunted, but they emerge empowered and addicted. They are the newest faces of triathlon. So while I am not a mother in any shape or form, or a stay-at-home mom or any of these things, I can absolutely, totally agree with so many of the points in there. Since starting, I have actually naturally lost weight just because I'm training. I'm training around five to six hours a week, which is quite light compared to a lot of others, but I'm just fascinated to see how much my body has changed in those three months and how much leaner and stronger and fitter I am. In addition to that, I talked about in the previous episode, I'm just much more disciplined, even more disciplined than I guess I was. It's crossed over into every other area of my life. I have this newfound energy and focus and desire to upskill in all these areas of my life and push myself. And on top of that, I've met some really good friends who I've been training with and want to continue to meet more people like that. They're a common breed of people who are just prepared to, I don't know, go through pain and suffering and enjoy it because at the other end of it is this oh my gosh, I improved a little. And oh my gosh, together, we're in this together. And wow, we made it. We crossed the finish line. So after my race on Sunday, I was cooling off in the lake. It was just so refreshing and relaxing for the muscles. And I was chatting to this older lady and I asked her how she enjoyed it. And she had clearly been doing quite a few triathlons and she said, oh, I just loved it. And then she had this beautiful smile across her face and she said, actually, I'm pretty proud because I won my age group. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Which age group? And she's like 70 And I was like, man, she probably kicked my ass out there. It wasn't until I checked the results later that I actually did beat her, but not by much. And she's 70 plus. Uh, so she was now off to the World Championships in Lausanne, Switzerland to represent New Zealand. And I was like, that is epic. And there was also a man at the race who was, I believe, in his 70s and he had competed in 35 Ironman. In New Zealand. It was the record in this country for the most ever completed by one person. And on the same day, he completed not only the Olympic triathlon distance, he got to the start line of the swim to then compete in the same distance that I was doing of the sprint. So he did back to back triathlons. And this guy's in his 70s. I mean, just completely nuts. And everybody clapped and cheered that on because. You just can't even imagine the effort that that takes, and especially at that age. So I wanted to share that because it was just such a a fascinating experience. And I also wanted to share a little bit about where I think I extended my capability through this training and on the weekend, but also where those doubts and fears and limitations still come into your mind. You know, As I was standing on the shore of the lake, there was a moment there where I was like, why am I doing this? And I was looking at all the women around me and I started going, I'm probably going to come last and they'd be pretty embarrassing. And I shifted my position of where I was lining up on the lake. And I had these moments of like, no, 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 this is what you've done all the training for. At the end of the day, just have fun and enjoy it. And you're going to do this and it's going to be great. And then suddenly it's 30 seconds and then 10 seconds and then the hooter and you're off and running and diving into the cold water of this beautiful lake, which had the most clear, clear water. You could see the bottom. It was just fantastic. There was no salt in your mouth for once. And yet here I am excited. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. What a beautiful swim. And then the next minute I got run over by two women actually so I had two women close in on me and got run over and was completely pushed under the water and came up spluttering and I've actually got the video proof for it you can see my head like shooting up in the air just like outraged that I was run over but Josh seems to think that I was the one who cut across so I need to look at that video footage and zoom in on it but the point was that was a pretty off-putting moment to be run over by two women and then you get knocked and kicked and there weren't even that many women at the start line it wasn't like hundreds so It was more like maybe 40 or 50. Um, So that was pretty unpleasant. And then I had a little bit of a panic breath again, which I've experienced. And then I finally got my shit together and just swam and came out of the water. And it felt like eternity coming in. And I was definitely near the back of that swim. And then I ran up the beach to my bike and, and jogged along and then realized that I felt quite dizzy because coming out of very cold lake, jogging to your bike, and I managed to change my shoes quickly and put my helmet on and do all this stuff, just like I'd visualized in my head the night before. And then I walked slash run my bike out to the transition, and then you get to mount your bike at a certain point. And I couldn't clip my foot into the bike. And I was like, oh, come on, Nat. But all of this was kind of like part of the excitement. I was at the same point. I was like, this is just fun. You know, this is what I'm here for. And then had to ride straight up a small hill and still wasn't clipped in. And there's people on the side cheering you on, going, yeah, go for it. And I was near the back of the swim. So I was near the back of the whole group. And so many of the people had gone before me because we were literally the last race to start. Everybody else had gone before us, given our age group. And uh, they sort of clumped the 40 plus over for women. And so there wasn't really many people for me to look out for on the ride or to be able to judge where I was at. But I was very proud to say that I had one person overtake me and then I actually overtook six people. Somewhere along the line, I got into this really exciting pace up hills and I started overtaking people on the hills and it just felt really good. And I got this like rush rush of uh adrenaline and i got goosebumps and at one point where i was going up and down the hills at great speed down the hills which was super fun i decided to do a wee because at the end of the day my whole mission in this was to have fun so there was a point at which i was like this is epic i mean these hills are hard they are hard but then you get the downhill at the end of it i had the turnaround point i was looking at my pace i was a little bit off what i wanted to do but I was feeling pretty on track. And then coming back into the town after all the hills and that back public road, coming back into the town was quite fast and hard out. There's a few more people cheering and I was pretty much on time. Rode into transition, jumped off, and then of course had to put my shoes on and start out on the run. And I realized at that point that I hadn't had any nutrition really uh, apart from electrolytes in my drink. So I I already knew that I probably screwed up a little bit there. I just there wasn't a moment where I'd remembered to bring the bit of musy bar that I'd laid out in front of me on the ground with my shoes. I just didn't pick it up. There's just too many things to remember when you're coming out of the water and taking off your wetsuit and putting on your shoes and your helmet and your glasses. So I had a feeling the run was going to be a little tough because by then it was quite hot. And the first thing you hit is this hill and somebody sort of cheered on the side and they said, you know, keep pushing up this hill, you got it. And the hill wasn't even that bad, but it was just the fact that it was there. I mean, who puts hills in run races? Really? Seriously. And those 5Ks, two laps of a two and a half K course through sort of the suburbs and across grass and round houses and roads were just really hard. And I couldn't Muster the inner strength, there was something lacking there for me to go faster. I actually did a pretty good pace. I came in under my goal time, which is good, but it just felt really slow to me and unlike a race that I'd had a few weeks before in the lead up to this, where I powered through the second lap and sprinted home, I couldn't even sprint. I just there was nobody out there to chase. There was very few people on the run course by that point, as I mentioned, and we were kind of like at the back of the pack and I just really wanted somebody to cheer or somebody to chase or somebody to be behind me so that I could push myself more. I was channeling my friends who had given me all their love and energy that morning through Facebook posts and social media. And I was trying to channel great runners. And all throughout the race, actually, I'd been visualizing great athletes to try and sort of draw on their strength. But I'd been pretty focused on just staying to my game. And then I I finally was on the second lap. Josh was there filming me as I came in and I ran down this little hill into the finish line and I decided to do a cartwheel across the finish line because I was like screw it I'm going <laughs> to just inspire it at this moment I've finished cartwheel time which was pretty fun but the fascinating thing about this whole thing is if I look at what I'd set myself as goals going into it is I didn't expect to do super well I kind of expected to be maybe middle of the packish there weren't that many women in my age group but across the whole uh, race there were many and Even though I hit my own record for the run and my bike was pretty much on target, my swim was was well off due to the semi-drowning and the panic attack. And I actually came 10th out of 11th in my race. And the 11th person was way off my time. And I was actually very close to the people in my race. But it just was really disappointing to me. And I realized in that moment that my expectations of where I should be only after just three months are probably pretty unrealistic. And I, I text my coach who'd said, Hey Nat, congrats on the race. How was it? And I said, in fact, I'm going to read out what I wrote in my text and I'm going to read it back to you. Cause I think this is where, you know, having great goals and intentions is one thing, but also just being in it for the journey that living up to your potential isn't an overnight or even a three month type of thing. It is a long-term journey. And he said, proud of you, Nat. How was it? And I said, thank you. I was proud of myself and especially my bike leg until I saw the times and results. I enjoyed most of it and I need to get the fueling right. The swim, I got swum over twice and the whole lake was lovely, but I felt slow. Clearly I wasn't texting particularly well. The bike rocked and I loved the hills and that's where I overtook several people, but was surprised my time wasn't that competitive. And the run was hot and tiring and a few little hills. I could simply not pick up my pace, but it went well. And then I wrote, so feeling good, but meh right now. Guess there's just more to this journey than meets the eye. And he said, morning, Nat. Yeah, it just takes time and lots of hard work to get to the competitive end of try. But you've made a great start. <laughs> think about what you're excited to work towards next. And I think it was just a really relevant point. Like when I came off the course, Josh was there to support me. And uh, he said, I'm so proud of you. You did really well. You are looking really strong on the run. And I was like, I was because I felt like I was overheating and I felt slow. And he's like, no, you were looking really good. And and he said, you know, in the bike, you look strong as well. And he said, hey, you know, you hit so many of your, your times that you wanted to reach. And I said, yeah, but look, I looked at the results later. It was actually fascinating because right after the race, I felt really good. I'd enjoyed it. And that was my main mission. It had been tough and challenging, but overall I'd had a good time. And then it wasn't until probably about an hour later and we looked at the live results and I saw where I kind of came overall in my age group, but also overall in the whole race. And I was suddenly like, "Meh, that's so average. In fact, that's below average. That's kind of like mediocre. And Josh is like, BS, that is so not true. He's like, You've seen the range of people out here today. This is a national sprint triathlon. There are kids out there who have been training since they were seven in the Young Wheatbix Challenge, and then they work their way up until they're 17, 18, and just speed demons. He's like, and you've been training for three months. These people have been doing this for years, and you can't even begin to judge what journey they've been on, at what stage they're at, how many triathlons, and how many years of experience they have behind them. I was like, I know it's the whole comparison game coming back out, but as somebody who's competed in lots of different sports and done really well and played in World Championship level, it just felt to me like I should be better. So it was a really good wake-up call to be really proud of what you've achieved And this is for you. If you're listening and you've gotten to some point, you've got to celebrate the journey. You've got to be proud of what you've achieved and the training that you've put in for whatever this may be. This may not even be sport related. It may be business related, career related. It could be relationship related. You've got to celebrate the fact that you've been putting in the effort, learning, applying, turning up, showing up and doing the work and whatever the thing is that you are wanting to do better in. And then you absolutely can't judge yourself based on what you're seeing in front of you unless you get the data behind it. And so it was a very relevant wise point that Josh had in the moment. And my expectations were probably off from where I was. And the very next thing that I focused on is like, awesome. What can I learn from that race? What were some of the things that I need to pay attention to? Where did I feel good? Where can I improve? And what's the next finish line that I want to cross? And how do I want to feel when I'm crossing that line? But if I actually look relative to where I was three months ago when I got in the swimming pool and I was huffing and puffing after like a couple of lengths and going, gosh, it's been a long time since I've got in a swimming pool. And if I actually think back to my first time on the bike, which was fun, but I was like, whoof, I haven't done really any cycling since my African trip, which was in 2012, and then when I went out on my first run, and I think it was a 15 to 20 minute kind of runny, joggy, walky thing, and I was like, "Oh, I can really feel my knees." Like, hmm, I haven't done running in a while, apart from running after a ball or a frisbee, and and definitely not for a you know continuous period of time. But I think back to that compared to now, that I could most likely do another triathlon right again today, right now. If you ask me. That's a huge improvement and there's only more to come if I'm prepared to dedicate myself to this crazy phenomenon of a sport that requires, you know, your energy and your skills across three entirely different disciplines, then I am really proud. And I've already found my next events, which is super important if you think back to my episode Number five, where I talked about intentions versus goal setting, I wasn't disappointed on Sunday post that event because I already knew what I was wanting to train towards next. But I also knew in my heart of hearts that triathlons are a way of life that I want to commit to. And so this isn't about any one-off event. That was an important one because it was the original one that got me into training, But it's all about the journey for me. So thankfully, I learned from my own lessons around intentions, which are focused on the present and goal setting, which is focused on the future and having a great combination of those in my life right now as it pertains to triathlons, but also to my business goals, to my personal aspirations, to my learning goals, to my relationship goals. So I hope that just by sharing this with you today, you've got some semblance of how you can stretch your capabilities of why you're capable of so much more, of how far you can come in a short amount of time if you're willing to apply yourself. And also to learn from my lesson that you must never, ever compare yourself with somebody that you see in front of you doing maybe what you want to be doing so much better than you are until you have a sense of where they've come from and how many hours they've put in and how much dedication they they've put into this thing that they are doing. And you can't possibly compare yourself to them because you're all on a different journey. You've just got to take it at your own pace within your own capabilities, but on the edge of them so that you know you're always pushing and extending and reaching into your full potential. I'm Natalie Sisson. This has been a joy and a pleasure to talk to you about my little event over the weekend, and I hope you've been able to visualize some of it in your head. You can find the show notes over at nataliesisson.com forward slash 007, just like James Bond. Isn't that appropriate? And if you're enjoying the content in this podcast and what I'm putting out, then I would love for you to show some love by way of a small contribution or donation. These are actually going towards the cost of putting together Podcasts and vlogs week in, week out, but also into the Freedom Fund, which is a fund that I've set up through the Gift Trust that then gets designated to charities that are all about helping young girls and women have more freedom through education and a couple of other select charities that I will be sharing with you over the course of this podcast. So the contributions that you make if you're digging this go towards great things and helping other people to fulfill their potential. And you can do that and learn more about that over at com forward slash love. And I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in and tune in to the next episode of Untapped where we're going to continue to look at how we can live up to our potential.